Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. How's it going, everybody? Hey, guys. Welcome to The Dwelling. And uh, we're going to do what we normally do at The Dwelling, and that is take a few minutes to let everybody jump online, but also share this. So we're going to be sharing this to our pages. Yes. <laughs> I just woke up from like a super long nap. You did. It was <laughs> Kids awesome. are not here. I don't have to worry about anything, so mom took a nap. Nothing wrong with that. No. Awkward silence. Sorry, awkward silence. I know. It's because we're trying something new we're actually uh, doing this live from the dwelling page and we're also going to simulcast on the church's page simulcast, S- simulcast. <laughs> so I think this will do it right here and Just to keep um, all honesty at the forefront, (laughs) I didn't realize until about 10 minutes ago that I didn't finish chapter two. (laughs) I did really, I was really strong um, beginning of the week, of last week, and read like chapters one and, well, I thought all of two, but as I sat down to kind of go through things that I had highlighted, I saw that I got like maybe halfway through. (laughs) So I did some speed reading toward the end. Hi, Dana Herring. How are you, best friend? I love you. Yeah, I, I, I said hey on there. So. You said hey? Okay. I said so hey. So anyway, I did finish it. It might have been like one minute before we went live, but I did finish it. I just want to put it out there like so nobody feels bad if they didn't right. finish or get there or whatever. That's, that's fine. It's and. Okay. And I even shared in a post today that we're going to be talking about uh, this book, but not to be um, not to be you know worried if you didn't get a chance to get the book ahead of time or even read it, because honestly, what we're doing is we're reading from this and we're taking insights, and then we're going to share from how we feel about it, and then also from our past experiences and things like that. So you're kind of getting a, a hodgepodge of. Uh, stuff from the book and then also from our hearts as well and hopefully it will uh, encourage you to go get the book or uh, at least maybe take some uh, personal reflection and think about some of the things that we're talking about yes (laughs) so if you don't know the book that we're talking about is called learning to walk in the dark by barbara brown taylor and uh, Lindsay's the one that found this book and she found this book through the new new testament the New New Testament. She is actually a part of the, uh, let's say, council or whatever that helped put together some of the older uh, books uh, that were around at the beginning of the church, um, like the Gospel of uh, Mary and the Gospel of Thomas and a few others, and the Odes of Solomon that we have been doing 
Some on Sunday morning, which is just an old school first century church hymn book, which has been really super awesome. Um, and so uh, it's really cool. If you haven't checked out the New New Testament, it's really awesome. It's not taking away from anything from the original text. It's just showing some of the older manuscripts that have been around uh, since the beginning of the church and kind of ties them all together and gives some history. So it's really good. But um, the author was a part of that council to put that together. Um, and so we started digging into it in the last couple weeks. And uh, we kind of talked about the intro last week. But we're going to get into chapters 1 and 2 this week. And one of the things that stood out to me, I'll go first, is that right? I mean, there's, I don't, don't put that pressure on me. Like, I'm going to go first and then you can go. It doesn't, this is just, well, I'll just start and then you, and you can yeah. come in and help Don't me. put that, that pressure on me, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but what I got from the, especially the first chapter, she kind of shares her personal experience with darkness. Now, when we talk about darkness, maybe we should kind of do a little bit of review about that. Um, when we talk about darkness, we're not like talking about um, when it gets dark outside, although... Uh, if you think about it, and this is kind of what the author shares in her first chapter, uh, a lot of times we teach our children to be afraid of the dark. Um, you know, when I was growing up, is you, you I, and I was kind of like, and she kind of shares this too, uh, you're allowed to stay out until dusk, and then it was time to come home. And she kind of shares that that's how it was when she was a kid, and, you know, those things have kind of changed quite a bit. You, people don't really let their kids run around until dusk anymore you know and so we've kind of painted this picture that the dark is evil um and it's even hurt some things because we use the terms black and white to talk about good and bad yeah and i don't know if you've seen the uh the psychology in, in some of that terminology and how it's hurt other races to where um there's actually an experiment where they brought a white doll baby and an African-American doll baby and they said it before a group of children and they asked which one was bad and all of the the African-American children was pointing to uh, the black doll because they were taught their entire life that black is bad and white is good and so this terminology and the things we talk about and even when we talk about darkness um, because we have a weird concept of that um, we've taught ourselves to be afraid of the dark and so the author kind of talks about that uh, through that first chapter, she talks about how when you know when she was growing up, she was taught you know they were, they went camping a lot. Her parents you know kind of taught her that you know it's, there's there's uh, stuff cool stuff that happens at nighttime like the stars come out, the moon's out. There's all kinds of different uh, creatures that come out at night like crickets and all this other tree frogs and yeah, be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but just to experience that outside. And I can kind of relate to that because when I was growing up, I would go camping quite a bit in some of the places that we lived. Um, I was even chased by a bear one time. Ezra's favorite story. And Ezra's favorite yeah, story. He asked about it like at random times. <laughs> Daddy, did you really get chased by a bear? <laughs> but um, so I can kind of relate to that. And, and then she talks about how by the time you get to the end of the first chapter and then the second chapter, because that's really all the first chapter is, kind of just sharing her story of growing up and her experience with nighttime darkness and how she wasn't really taught to be afraid until she encountered religion, the church. <laughs> and, she, you know, and you know, maybe some of you guys can relate to this story. You know, um, 
uh, Lindsay and I have kind of always grown up in the church, so it's kind of like not our, our, our story, but I, I have plenty of friends who, the reason why they went to the church is because they met a guy or a girl, and so they started going to church, um, and so that was her experience. She started going to church because there was a guy that she liked, and friend. yeah, friend. But it says later on in there that she liked him. But anyway, maybe that was in the second <laughs> part. I didn't even read it. <laughs> but she talks about how this preacher, Hellfire Brimstones, just starts talking about how everything evil happens in the dark, and, and she, there's no coincidence that devil and darkness. Both start with a D. <laughs> and you know that's that what she said. I know she does say that. that in the I mean, book. that's what the pa- the preacher said, and right. I was like, "Are you kidding?" And you know the the sad thing is, the sad thing is, is like as crazy as that sounds, I've heard that in my lifetime in yeah. the churches that just... uh, that I grew up in. Um, you know, <laughs> and and so she kind of talks about how she in her. Uh, teenage years she was kind of taught this concept that there's a boogeyman behind every bush that the devil's in everything um music uh, halloween <laughs> scary movies all this different stuff like and so she had a hard time even uh walking from anywhere where she worked out in the dark to her car at night because of the things that she was being taught and it it, it paralyzed her yeah. and so then from that she developed this uh, concept of the only way to live right is to live in a quote-unquote light mm-hmm. and so there's a certain set of rules she had to abide by to stay out of darkness mm-hmm. so the innocence that she had as a child of you know staying outside seeing the stars seeing the seeing the um like all the mystery that all the, was in the darkness right like all the cool things that happened and you know, things that you didn't really notice in the daytime right you could see a little. It was just weird how the how it shifted. Right, and so now all the all the cool all the yeah, like you said, all the mystery that she saw in the nighttime is mm-hmm. gone, and now fear had completely gripped her heart. And, and it's she said even then it was hard to feel secure since I had been convinced that the darkness was inside me too. Whatever courage I had developed wilted in the presence of this evil new threat. Right, and that was after her church experience. Right. And, and the sad thing is, is that is tagged to the fear of the Lord. Yes, that's, that's the, the title, the title of, the, of the chapter. Right, that, that, there's, that the fear of the Lord is to fear him to the point that you don't want to do anything but stay in the light. And um, later on, it, it talks about how she went to college, mm-hmm. and she got around another group of church folk who didn't lead with fear or teach fear, but actually taught relationship, which, because I was getting a little nervous. Like, is this the only experience that she's going to have? Um, but no, she started, and, and it it so captivated her, this uh, love that she experienced from this new group of people, that actually she changed her major, and that was her, she was going to study religion. That was going to be her PhD now. Um, but she brings up some interesting concepts about how um, we tend to, or we have we have been teaching in the church uh, so much on how bad darkness is, but we forget how many places in Scripture where good stuff happens in darkness at nighttime. Uh, Abraham encounters Father, and and Father shows him the night sky and all the stars, and says, "You see all this? 
uh, that's your lineage, that's your legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, he has an encounter with uh, Jacob on, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, under the stars, and Jacob wrestles and ends up, uh, you know, that, that whole story of encountering the Father and blessing and all that in that moment. Um, Joseph and his dreams, mm -hmm. when did those happen? At night, um, over and over again. God parted the Red Sea at night. Yes. Manna falls from the sky in the wilderness at night. At night. Um, you know, most of the time when Jesus uh, separates himself from the disciples to pray, it's still night out. Mm -hmm. Like early morning, early morning, it's still dark out. Um, there's uh, all kinds of crazy things that happen with the disciples uh, later on in Acts when uh, they're in captivity mm -hmm. and their chains are set free and they're, and they're let loose and they're set free. That happens at night, at the darkest of night and midnight. So this, um, this misunderstanding that we have, and it doesn't take away from the pain and the hurt that can happen in darkness. No. But, but what we need to understand is there's never a moment in life or in the world or anything when God disappears. Right. That's the that's the whole point. Right. That's the whole point. That, yeah. That, that there's that there's times in our life when we're going to be in darkness, that we're going to be in the dark and the Father doesn't disappear or go anywhere. He's so there. Like the stars are still there. The stars are still there, the moon's still there, yeah. the planets Even are still there. Um, you know the uh, the beginning of um, you know there's dusk and then there's uh, twilight time and then that's when the stars start to come out or nautical time that's when this you know the sailors if you're on a ship and 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 you started to shift from daytime to nighttime twilight time is when you were able to tell where you were mm -hmm. and one of the this is the crazy thing one of the first quote-unquote stars that sailors would see was actually venus a planet and so when you think about all these things that happen at night and we've been taught our entire lives to fear the dark and fear nighttime and you know just um this morning uh, I had Rowan, and we were going upstairs, and it was uh, it was it was still kind of like you know this morning was a little dark. It took a while yeah, for it to to now. to get bright. But uh, I took Rowan upstairs, and we were going, and he needed some clothes and some things, and um, he was going into our room, and the light was off, and he says, "Daddy, it's dark. Daddy, it's dark." And and you know we've been reading this book, and we we're talking, and the first thing I told him, I said, "Bub." There's, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. Yeah, Just walk on, let's walk on in, in there. And he totally, like, you know, he because he's got to know Rowan. He's got the long hair. looks like Thor. You know, he's like, okay, Daddy. And he's like, baby. right. And he kind of like just kind of walks in. And I turn the light on. And I said, see, there's nothing to be afraid of. And the first thing he says, he goes, my Evie. Because he's got a little stuffed Evie. And, and he ran and got it and totally was, you know, encouraged by the fact, the moment that his dad told him, there's nothing to be afraid of in the dark. Let's go. He knew that I was coming with him. And so that same thing is for us every day. Mm -hmm. When it seems, it, the, the darkest moments that we can find ourselves in, um, Dad's just there saying, hey, I'm here too, let's go. Right. Where do we need to go? What do we need to look at today? Right. What do we need to notice? And, you know, you might be watching right now and you're like, listen, I, you don't understand the dark moments that I've been in, the dark places that I've been in. And you're, you're right. You're right. We, we probably don't. We probably don't. But what, the one thing that I can tell you is that, that father's been there and he's been in those moments and um as hard as it may be maybe you know taking some time to reflect and, and just ask because it's okay to ask so many times we're scared to death of what would happen if i ask 
if I ask God a question, and he's like, ask away. There are no dumb questions, and there's nothing to be afraid of. And so it's okay to ask, where were you? Right. Where were you? And, you know, it might take some time to, to see that. It might take some time to walk that out. It might even take some time with a therapist, because there's nothing wrong with that, um, to talk that out. Um, but the, the key is, is not... It's not holding it in. The key is to, to, to start talking about it and talking with the right people about it. And that's why we always say on here, there is nothing wrong with therapists and psychology and psychiatrists. There's, that, those are all God-ordained, I think, ministries. Mm -hmm. They're just as much a part of ministry as uh, a pastor or a teacher or anything else. Yeah. So. Agreed. I saw you, you, were, you, were, look, you found something. I was just... I was just going through so I can have something to talk about <laughs> he's just throwing me at the I'm sorry but you know it just looked like you were like I got something and you kind of you're like okay you say something now no 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 I thought you I thought you found something no I was just going to? to like the next um the next section like where she talks about the fear of the Lord right like just talk like just that phrase right because when I was young I thought you literally had to be terrified of God. Right. And that made absolutely no sense right. to my brain. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah. just how that gets twisted and misconstrued is what it may actually mean. Right. I've always, I'll just be honest, that kind of always bothered me too when I was growing up. And, and something, and this is just me talking, this is going to be my, this is Nick's opinion, but something that really, uh, Beat the butts. Yes, did you see that? I did see so that. So rude. <laughs> but the one thing that I, um, the one thing that I that I've kind of discovered discovered in the last few years is that the fear of the Lord is the mystery of the Lord. There's sometimes that right. we don't we we don't get it, and that's the thing. There's, it's okay not to get. Sometimes, like not to understand to, well, and that's then because a lot of times I do not, <laughs> <laughs> and and to look and see the mystery and. You know, we, we were talking today, There's we got some decisions and some things, and, and so we tend to, how we handle talking about decisions is normally over tacos. food. Tacos. Yes, tacos. The tacos was, tacos <laughs> was the stress-eating uh, manna of the day. <laughs> yes. So we were talking over tacos, and, and we were just talking about some of the things, you know, just in the last few years, the I'm going to use the term deconstruction, some deconstruction that's happened in our hearts and, and the reconstruction that's going on. And I told her today, I said, I think that faith in Christianity needs to be way more like Bob Dylan and less like Petra and Michael W. Smith. And the reason why I say that is, is because we've come to a place in Christianity. I, I don't even want to call it Christianity. I'm just going to say religion and, and, and it, I would the just American like to say church. that it's sad that we can't even say Christianity. Like, but, we don't or evangelicalism. <laughs> But, but it's sad that it's come to this point where everything has to be literal and we've completely lost the, ministry, the mystery of faith and relationship with Father. And it's almost like, you know, and I, I grew up in the middle of this, like in the 80s and 90s, like there was all these books that came out, like Evidence That Demands a Verdict and, uh, you know, books on the seven days of creation because that's how it is. And it was just, so, it's like this thing they try to make solid in a rock 
And as I grew older and I started reading things, you know, scripture for myself and, and reading some of the early teachings of the church, what I've come to realize is, is that a lot of faith and a lot of, of the church was like Bob Dylan. And what I mean by that is, if you ever watch an interview with Bob Dylan and someone asks them, so what's this song about? The first thing he says is, well, what do you think it's about? And it sounds a lot like Jesus, because Jesus, when he was confronted with a, we need a solid answer, boom, in concrete. And what did Jesus do? He would answer that question with a question. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, you know, we're talking about walking in the dark, and so there's some uncertainty there, and there's and it can, there's almost some fear that can creep in because you know some of the darkness that people can be experiencing is they've grown up their entire life in church, and now they're asking questions. And when they start asking questions in certain places to certain pastors or leaders or friends mm -hmm. that are in church, they're like, "You can't ask that question. Yeah. What are you kidding me? Right. You can't do that." And then they immediately start saying, "Well, brother, you just need to you need to lay in just on the to Lord." Pray in, pray, <laughs> Terry at the like, and she talks about that. Like yeah. it's like toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And you need you just need to lay that burden before the Lord. And first thing that I always when I ask questions like that, and that was the response to me is like, what does it even mean? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to lay my burden? But what? What? What is that? And so. And then, so that it taught you that you can't go to those people for help. Right. You can't go to those people if for they, help. If you can't talk to someone when they ask you a question, even if it's just to say I don't know. Right. If you can't in that moment have a, a connection with them, they will learn they can't come to you for real help. Right. And it also puts a mistrust between you and the father, because you're like, well, if that's what they're telling me that I gotta lay my burden, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. I don't even know how to do that. And then, so then you're like. You know, like, I'm just going to be honest, and this is going to be goofy, but I remember as a younger and a teenager going through stuff and asking people questions, and they'll say, oh, you just need to tear it. You just need to pray it out. You just need to lay it before the Lord. And I would do that for hours on end and never get an answer, never get anything. And it, did it make you feel like um, like you weren't as good as they were? Because yes. obviously that was their answer to everything that was going wrong in their lives. Yes. See, that's, what, that's how I felt, too. It and, made It made me feel like... I wasn't good enough. And I mean, probably those people thought that that was really going to help. Right. Because maybe it did help them. Right. But it, I feel like to a large majority, it, it did a lot of damage, not being able to talk about things. Well, it, 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 put, it, it gave me a split church personality in the sense of it split the Trinity up to where, um, you know, I knew that Jesus loved me. Uh, I knew the Spirit would guide me, uh, but Father God was ticked off at me, and I was never good enough to get anywhere with Him. So I was constantly begging Jesus to forgive me because I had to appease this God who I had questions for. And, you know, it, it did some major right. damage. And what finally broke all of that was an encounter that I had with father where I just got it that he's not mad and what was the click was Jesus talking when he said that he and the father were one and that he doesn't say anything that the father doesn't say and he doesn't do anything that the father doesn't do and so I started to realize oh wait a second Jesus is showing us who father God really is and so if Jesus loves me then that means the father loves me and he doesn't have a problem with me 
And so if Jesus spent his ministry trying to show the humanness of people that we were created in the image of God and we should be honored and loved and cared for, and that's how we should see each other, and he taught us to love one another, that's coming from Father. And so that broke something in me to, to where I realized, um, you know what, God, God and me are cool. Mm-hmm. Like there's not some divide here. Yeah. There's nothing I have to do to appease him. He, he loves me. And so that shifted some things. So that time, that time frame of, of questioning and, and being able to ask those questions and being free in that, um, it was liberating. But man, when I started sharing that story and testimony with some folks, it did not go well. No. And it, it brought on a darkness. And I had to learn to walk through that dark to learn and understand and the interesting thing is that there's encounters in the Old Testament where God is speaking and there's thunder and lightning mm-hmm. and fire. But in all those moments, you see the love of God pour through. And so everything's not sunshine and roses and daisies, you know, in life. There's moments when we walk in the dark and there's moments in, in, the, in those places that Father's right there with us. Mm-hmm. And he thunders and, and there's lightning and there's other things and... He shows up, and we experience his love. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And you, I mean, not to, what's that called? Steal your thunder? Take your fire? I don't know. But you've kind of experienced that somewhat, too, of just thinking that Father was mad at you. And Well, I, I don't really feel like I ever thought, well, I mean, I guess technically, yes, I did, but never really in that term, those terms, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in high school, you know, I did some things that uh, definitely were not good as far as, like, the church would see it. But I just was, I never felt like I fit in or that I was as good as other people. So I just kind of was like, well, what's going to happen? Whatever happens is going to happen. If If God doesn't like what I'm doing, I mean, I don't know. So yours, you experienced it more on the people side of things from the church. So your wrestle was people will people don't like me. So all right, <laughs> like they're gonna judge me because of this. They're gonna see it because of this. And yeah, basically. Yeah. Because you know I dress different. I listen to different music. I was always uh, like in dramas and stuff. I was always either the one that went to hell. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I, I was a hell missile in Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Which do we do? I was always um, like the alcoholic or shooting up or something. And I'm like, going back to that, I'm like, why do, my, why do people even let teenagers do that? Like skits like that. I mean. Fear tactics. I, well, I mean, it is, but did they not stop? I don't know. But anyway, so I was like, well, that must be how people see me. And if that's how people see me, then there's nothing that I can do to change that. Right. And when you, you know, just think about the psychological damage that does. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we're just being honest. I mean, I, there's no sense in trying to... Sorry, I'm not really used to talking to the internet about deep things. I don't talk about my feelings. (laughs) I mean, we're just trying to be real. I mean, both of us have experienced 
some real hurt when it comes to stuff from the church. Well, trauma. That's just not just. Yeah, it's trauma. It's things that constantly um, walking back through. Like I think a lot of. I mean, like, we can be real. A lot of the depression that I have felt in my thirties and forties, and the anxiety that I've dealt with. Uh, a lot of stuff that, that we've had to talk through because being a nine. Sorry, isn't that there's a Beatles song where there's the number nine? Did they do that? No? I don't know. Alright, maybe not. That was awkward. It was awkward. Um <laughs> you love me anyway. I do. Um but um you know, even in those there's, there's there's things where I held it all in. Like an Enneagram nine is, is a the peacemaker and the unhealthy side of that is to keep peace, you hide everything in and hold it in and, and not talk about mm-hmm. stuff that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that we had to work out because... We're still working out. <laughs> I mean, there's... It's just... And it happens... I, I kind of love how it happens. Right. I guess the deconstruction because it, it... For me, it happens at random. Right. Doesn't it? It does. Yes. Like, the weirdest things will trigger something in my brain and I'm like, did you ever... <laughs> Or do you remember, and then it just goes from there. But, like, today when we were stress-eating tacos, I just rattled off, like, ten questions. Yeah. Like, just ten random things that came to my brain. Yeah. And I had to answer all those We didn't have to. It was like, As what, do you, could, I, it was like was, what do you think right. about this, what happened in the Bible, and yeah. all that. It was so. more like what what I thought, not like I did. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, um... Okay, well, back to the book. <laughs> no, no. But I guess what I'm saying is is that there's definitely been stuff from them, and that now that's all getting worked out. And that's a good thing that's getting worked out. And I, to me, that's walking in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not just hiding from it. Because she talks about, toward the end of the chapter, about, like, how, you know, it makes sense that, um what we think about darkness because she says in the full light of day darkness becomes most the most convenient place for us to store all of our shadows our fear of the unknown anxiety about the yep. future loathing of their own helplessness the bottomless dread of death yep. um, if darkness really does bring such phantoms out of hiding I think it is because the bright distractions of daytime have come to their natural end when the sun goes down it is time for other natural Another natural thing to happen as the slower, quieter, and more tactile rhythms of nighttime open doors that remain shut during the day. And that is exactly what happens to me. Yeah. I have, sometimes I have a really hard time with anxiety at night. Really bad. Like to where I think there was a time I didn't sleep more than a few hours a night for like two weeks. That was the worst. Yeah. And it's just because I put too much, uh, Divide. I put a divide between light and darkness. So I, I literally waited all day to stress out about stuff right. and to be afraid of things. Not consciously, but there were bright distractions during the day. Right. And so when it was time for us to slow down and everybody's in bed and we're laying there, I had nothing to do but stress out and worry and just feel the weight of everything. Right. And that sucks. Yes. <laughs> And that's why it's important we got to learn to, I don't know if confront's the right word, but we got to learn to look at those things. And um, a good friend of ours talks about how uh, when it comes to, to the things that cause anxiety and stress and things like that, it's almost like you come to a bus stop 
you sit down at the bench yes. and then you and then you start looking at these things and then a bus pulls up and you let anxiety and stress and you know whatever else it could be hop on the bus but you don't no and it and that's not easy to do no it's, it takes it practice, takes practice. Yeah. and so like you know there's been times uh once the kids go to bed and, and things like that that we've found that's sometimes has been some of our deepest conversations and, and, and talking some of that out or we'll find ourselves like it's time to wind down and one of us will bring up some huge thing like like this guy not right. like not an argument but a concern or something we've been thinking about or whatever or just like something that's going on in our country right now the other night i was laying in bed i'd been in bed for like 45 minutes in the dark reading just chilling and he comes to bed and he starts talking about this thing that gets me extremely upset uh, just like heartbroken and angry and yeah. just oh and so he comes up and he brings it up and tells me about all this thing and he's asleep within 10 minutes yeah. me no I'm up for the next four hours I can fall I can fall asleep in uh, like mid sentence so. yeah <laughs> so um, he's learning to not do that because yes um, I'm learning not to do that I'm <laughs> I, I just I because I can't calm down from it because I just sit there and I think about things and I right. I have enough I have enough to deal with it right. and you know and and something that that I've been trying to do more of yeah at, at night before before I do fall asleep and in the morning when I wake up when I'm by myself and got a cup of coffee that is I try to take a a gratitude list maybe in my brain mm -hmm. and just take a few seconds to you know kind of not so much counteract but to kind of take some, a few moments to go I'm thankful for this today even if it's just one or two things it's, that's enough to cause um, some shift to happen in my brain to where I start opening up more and seeing more and uh, seeing father in those moments to where you know you know even in some of the decisions that we're making in, in, in these last few weeks and there's there's you know I posted a meme today just being funny about anxiousness like um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you did, because uh, you said, "Yeah, that's me." Um, but it's just a picture of this guy, and he's kind of looking into the sky, and it says, "Anxiety, this could happen." Me, nah, it's not gonna happen. Oh, it's yeah. alright. And then the next line says, "Anxiety, but it could." And underneath it says, "Me." Well, yeah. And so <laughs> I find myself in that fight sometimes. But I tell you, the thing that helps with that is when when it gets like that and you know your heart feels like you're you drank five cups of coffee and, and you know and you're feeling that stress start to pop in that's when those are those moments when i start saying i'm thankful for you know and today was a good example because i kind of felt like that today and rowan another story with rowan we were getting ready to leave and rowan came in and he wanted me to brush his hair so i brushed his luscious locks his Thor locks, yeah. and uh, he wanted to watch uh, Blippi, so I turned on Blippi. He crawled up in my lap and sat down right next to me and stuck his head right here, and it was just in that moment, I was like, you know what? Father, I thank you for having Rowan and Ezra, my two boys, and uh, remembered when I was a teenager and we would do stupid stuff, and we did a video one time about gangsters. It ties in. I would go, my boys! My boys. You do. Because uh, it was a stupid skit we did for church. Oh. Okay. And uh, and I just remember doing that. I'd be like, my boy. Because they had just and anyway. And so it just brought up this fun feeling in me. I was like, I have two boys now, so I cannot walk around and go, 
my boys. <laughs> and um, so anyway, yeah, it's just moments like that that help. You got something to close this out, you want me? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was just gonna point out, like she, uh, see, page fifty-six, she talks about um, how she lived on a farm and there were she had chickens and one time she went in the chicken, what is it, coop? Yes, chicken, chicken coop. Yes, and there was a snake in it. Um, and she said, she says, remembering that night, she talks about. It, I'm not gonna go through it, but. She said, I can dissect it better than I could then. The snake scared me, but it didn't hurt me. So then that made me think about, you know, all the things that I go over in my mind at night. Um, yeah. What, what, and well, another, another, hold on one second. But then at like toward the end of that whole thing, she says, everything was, everything else was my um, invention made all the more vivid because I couldn't see. So there may be a situation that you are worried about, and then if you're like me, you're laying in bed at night, and you will like you'll invent other scenarios stemming off of that one right. um, starting point, yeah. like the actual concern, and then like all the things you can't see. That's all the unknown. Because sometimes I feel overwhelmed by the unknown, whether that's like just typical things or if it's like life. Like life and death unknown, but that um, it just—I don't know—that stood out to me. Like, what things do I make up or do I invent to worry about? Right. Because oh. I put, sorry, no. um, I put off worrying or thinking about things and dealing with things during the day because I'm so busy and so distracted. Right. And I love how she goes talking about the snake. She said that. When she went in, she touched it twice, and when she touched it the second time, it got up and it hissed, but then it left, mm -hmm. and she realized that, you know, the snake in of itself mm -hmm. had nothing against her, had right. nothing towards her, and it was just as much afraid of her as yeah. it was her afraid of it, mm -hmm. and basically it was like, you know, uh, something. sometimes we come into contact with stuff and we don't know what it is, but we're bigger than it, right? and we... we we make the unknown so huge sometimes, we think that there's no way that we can overcome it, when in all reality, we're bigger than it. We're badder than it, <laughs> we're tougher than oh, it. We can, right. we can handle it, it's just facing it. Um, so yeah. Um, I, what I'm thankful for, and some of the things that we're reading in one end, is that, um, she's been quoting Rilke quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love this quote at the beginning of the second chapter uh, from one of his poems. It says, Whoever you are, some evening take a step out of your house, which you know oh so well, enormous space is near. Yeah. I'm leaving pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> But just the picture of sometimes we get stuck in our safety nest and the best way to overcome some of this stuff is just step outside and see the enormity of what's around us. And I would go f further and say that all that that's out there, what you have with your hands and your heart, you're able to create good from. Mm 
And if you just try to contain all that and, and keep it in a safety nest, um, you're not going to grow. Uh, you're going to get stale. Your family's going to get stale. But the moment you step out into adventure and understand that what you do with your hands and your heart you can create doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. doesn't mean you're not going to screw up. doesn't mean that, that you might get hurt sometimes. But moving forward, man, uh, in that adventure and letting goodness come towards you and you using uh, things to make that bigger, you start helping other people, you start helping your neighbors, you start helping people you connect with the community, and man, uh, things start to blow up. So, awesome. That was a good talk. That was a good talk. That was a good talk, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you haven't got the book yet, uh, there's still time. There's still time, yes. Um, hop on Amazon, Thrift Books, wherever you buy books, you can go there. Uh, I, I know there's a Kindle version of it. Um, it is on Hoopla. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Overdrive, which are two free library apps. All you need is a library card, and you can download digital books as well. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to be reading the next few chapters. When is the next time we do this? We, um, it would be October 13th. We're doing two chapters since it's basically two weeks, like from now until then, every other week. We're going to do two chapters each time yeah okay so the next one we're doing chapters three and four and we'll do this talk talking about things um october 13th awesome so you still have time you can read four chapters in two weeks i think yeah and just you know make sure you actually finish the chapter <laughs> you can you can do mm -hmm. it somebody asked me like did you finish it please <laughs> keep me in check because oh mom brain awesome it's real well, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. We will uh, see you again on October the 13th. And if you have nowhere to hang out on Sunday mornings, you can tune in on uh, Hope Community's Facebook page and hang out with us for a service at 1030 in the morning. Thank you guys. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure.